Atlanta's July 4th tradition is back. There's really very few races like Peachtree. The 2021 Atlanta Journal-Constitution Peachtree Road Race. I would much rather be known as the world's safest 10K. No matter how you choose to run it, we're here to get you ready. Helps me stay in shape and build friendships and work off stress. You're listening to the Peachtree Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution Peachtree Road Race. Welcome to Race Weekend here on the Peach Street Podcast here with Jay Holder of Atlanta Track Club. I'm Jennifer Perry. It's finally here. We've waited so long, Jay. It's going to be a race so nice. We're going to do it twice tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow, Saturday third, and Sunday. Crazy. Yeah, Peachtree is here. I, I've only seen pictures because if you've been listening, you know I'm in Tokyo but I've been seeing pictures from the expo last weekend. It looked awesome. I am really having a blast over here and excited to be here working for the Olympics. But I have to say this week, I have really felt left out and uh, <laughs> the Peachtree fun that, you know, th- that amazing feeling that is race week in Atlanta. You can't replicate that anywhere. Or you can't replicate it outside of Atlanta, even here in Tokyo. But it's an amazing to see that people are back into it. The Peachtree spirit is there and that excitement feels like it's back in the air after so long away from it. Well, I'll tell you, Jay, after watching some of the Olympic trials recently, I do think the Olympics, they're helping get all of us excited about running. I mean, we may never run at that level that uh, you're going to experience over there in Tokyo, but it's kind of exciting that all of these things are converging at once because uh, it's just inspirational to watch some of these stories we've seen play out at the trials over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, we're going to talk about it a little later on with Bridget Bellew, but that last day of the track and field trials, if you haven't seen that yet, go find the video of the 400 meter hurdles, go find the video of the 800, the women's 800 and the men's 1500. It was just an incredible, incredible week of track and field at the U.S. trials. If that doesn't get you fired up, I don't know what will. <laughs> yeah, it's a great uh, primer for this race weekend if you're looking for some extra motivation. And joining us to help motivate us as well this week on the Peachtree Podcast, Amy Begley. And she's actually responsible for helping train some of those future Olympians and some Peachtree participants too. Amy has a big job there at Atlanta Track Club. She does. She can coach everybody from Olympic hopefuls to first-time runners. She's an Olympian herself, so she knows what it's like to compete in the trials. She knows what it's like to finish in the top three of the trials and make an Olympic Games. She was just out in the trials with Allie Wilson, Katura Orji, both competing at the U.S. team trials in Eugene. Allie finished sixth in the 800 meters in an incredible race. Katura, of course, won the triple jump championship. Amy's not Katura's coach, but she is the head coach of Atlanta Track Club Elite. And Katura does jump for us. But Amy, you know, she can switch hats so quickly. And that's what's amazing about Amy. She can be coaching a 159, 200 meter rudder one day and be coaching somebody who is just running their first 10K the next day. And she gives it the same amount of care and attention. And that's why she's such a great coach and a great person. What can you do the night before the race? Well, I don't know if uh, <laughs> training is going to work. So Amy's not going to be giving us training tips, but she can give us some of those race preps that, you know, that she's used in the past that's worked for lots of runners that she's coached in the past to get us mentally and logistically prepared to run. Yeah, because uh, it's been a while since a lot of us have run this peach tree course. So we're going to get a little primer. If you've done peach trees before, Amy has some great advice. And especially if you're a first timer, too, you're going to love hearing how she breaks down this race for us this weekend. So looking forward to that. You mentioned earlier Bridget Bellew, and she is one of Atlanta Track Club's elite runners. But she's had uh, quite a year herself personally and professionally, Jay. 
Yeah, Bridget, you you haven't seen her on a start line in a while. She was injured leading into the marathon trials back in February, and then she had a baby. And we've been chronicling that on a series on our YouTube channel, on Atlanta Track Club's YouTube channel called Miles to Motherhood. She trained through her pregnancy. She started running again not too long after giving birth to a baby boy. And now she's going to be running her first race First real big competition back. She did run the Braves Country 5K a couple of weeks ago, but this is the first big race back since October of 2019. So a lot has changed in her life, but I think she's ready for a big uh, re-entry into the sport. We look forward to hearing from her. It's all coming up right here on the Peachtree Podcast. Play the Georgia Lottery and win big from anywhere with online digi-games. Over 50 fun games to choose from, and you can also play Fantasy Five, Kino, Cash Pop, Mega Millions, or Powerball on your phone, online, you name it. Play now at playdigi.com. We're joined now by Bridget Bellew from Atlanta Track Club Elite. And Bridget will be running the AJC Peachtree Road Race this year. Bridget, you just got done with your run. We're a couple days out. How are you feeling? What was your run today? Feeling good. We did... Well, this week is a little different. We did like two kind of moderate long runs. So like a 13 mile run on Saturday and another 12 mile run today. So kind of two medium long runs in a couple days. So just did a, a little medium long run. And you're feeling good going into Peachtree. I know you had your first race a couple of weeks ago, but this is the real first test. How's the yes. fitness feeling? Um, I feel like it's as good as I can expect it to be. I didn't really have any expectations, but I feel good. I feel like everything's coming around nicely. I'm not like running on an injury. I just feel like training is going really well. You mentioned there you didn't have any expectations for this, and you've obviously been chronicling your journey, the Miles to Motherhood series on Atlanta mm-hmm. Track Club's YouTube channel and social media posts as well. So especially for, you know, goal-driven athletes like yourself, how has that been an adjustment for you in motherhood? At first it was hard because I want this schedule and I want to run this many miles and like make it to 70 miles a week. And I'm just like, you know, that goal driven, numbers driven, schedule driven type of person. Mm -hmm. But I think if motherhood has taught me anything, (laughs) like I can't have plans. I just, (laughs) especially in this first like six months is I just do the very best that I can. And on most days that's good enough. And it allows me, it's kind of freeing in a way. Like there's not a whole lot of weight on me that I feel like I have to hit this certain time or expectation. It's just, I'm free to run how my body feels. And it's kind of nice. Can you talk about some of the emotions that go into a first race back? Because this is not (laughs) just your first race since Maverick was born. You know, you had an injury before that, which I know was really hard. So this is the first time you're going to really toe the line in a serious competition since late 2019. That has to be a lot of feelings happening at once around that, I imagine. Oh, yeah, it is. I mean, I feel like I'm not alone, though, because of the pandemic. I think it's going to be the first experience like this for a lot of people. And I don't feel like I'm the only one that's like, oh, gosh, I haven't raced in 18 months. Um, You know, maybe some people have done things more recently. But because of the pandemic, I feel like there's going to be a lot of excitement, a lot of nerves, just a lot of buzz at the start line, which I feel like I'll be in good company. And it's been kind of fun to watch your journey over these last several months. But for you, running while pregnant, for those who haven't caught the series on Atlanta Track Club's social media channels, how did you keep up your training schedule and kind of make those adjustments as you navigated this whole new chapter in your life? I think it was mostly just not having to have expectations and pressure. And like my coaches were great. Like Atlanta Track Club has been great. Like there's no set hard rule line that I have to meet 
at a certain time, like do this or you're dropped or you're cut or, you know, there's no, there's no pressure like that. And it's been just enjoyable really to be able to run to how like my body feels and to how, like just to do the best that I can. And it, like I said, it's, it's been kind of freeing and um, allowed me to enjoy my pregnancy, allowed me to enjoy my baby. And I know previously professional female runners have talked about, they feel like they were robbed from a lot of that. And I didn't, I didn't have that. So I'm super, super thankful. What's the biggest change you've noticed with your running since you've bounced back in these last few months? <laughs> that, I mean, it has to be an adjustment. Oh, gosh, there's a lot. I adjust to being really tired and <laughs> <laughs> being able to run. You, you know, you realize I can still run even if I don't feel 100%. I didn't get my eight, nine hours of sleep. I didn't even get five hours of sleep, but I can still show up and run my best and it's not all is lost whereas like before like if I you get kind of caught up in this if everything isn't right if I didn't eat exactly right and sleep exactly right and I didn't do my foam rolling and I didn't have time to like then you know the day is lost and I'm my run's gonna be crap and I've come away from that so I can like every every run is just an opportunity to just do my best and that's all it is I know that along with being a mom, you're also a dentist, which people might not know. And that's that's not like an easy job. That's <laughs> Are you back at work? Are you juggling that as well right now? Yeah, I am. I'm there two days a week. So I work Thursday and Friday right now, part time, which is nice to allow me to run. And they're definitely hard days. And I can only manage to like even run on one of those days just because it's, it's it's a lot. <laughs> Do you think that your patients understand that they're getting treatment from a, you know, one of the best runners in the country <laughs> who's also juggling you know, motherhood <laughs> and training and dentistry at the same time? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we don't talk about it really. I mean, if some of them do. Some of them, there's certain patients that I know they're into sports or into running or we'll connect on that. But for the most part, people are there to get dental work done. <laughs> so that's what we do. <laughs> And there are some coaches that won't let their athletes, you know, have a hobby, let alone a job outside. Can you talk? And I know that the, the Begley's have been so supportive of your training and, you know, and building things around your life schedule. Can you talk about, you know, what it's like to have a coach that understands and can build a training schedule that's built specifically for you? I just think that's hugely important. Like, I can't really imagine having a coach that doesn't do that. I'm very spoiled in that because I feel like they know and they really buy into that you get the best out of your athlete if you treat them as a person, as their person. You know, they're not just a part of your program and your training. They're a person with their own life and their own dreams and their own obligations. And you can't see that. And if that doesn't play any role in their training, then I think you've missed the boat. And so I think the Bayloos just get it right. And Bridget, are there some lessons that the rest of us can take away from this? I mean, you're juggling so much a job, training as an elite athlete, new mom. How can we kind of apply maybe some of the same principles that you're using at this chapter in your life right now to fit this into our busy schedules? I don't know if anyone who's quite as busy as you right now, but how can we kind of maybe take some of those principles and apply that to our running schedules and making that a priority too? <laughs> I think I've said this before. I can only just do like one thing at a time. And I tend to compartmentalize and not think too far, even into my day. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of one thing at a time. And when I get through that, it's just like head up and what's next until, you know, 6.30 or 7 rolls around and it's time for my effort to go to bed. And I'm like kind of counting down the minutes. <laughs> yeah. But we tend to like think too far into our day or too far into 
the year and it puts a lot of pressure on you and it puts a lot of expectations and you feel kind of like bogged down. But if you can just get through one thing at a time, that's just how, I mean, that's all I know how to do right now. So it's, I just kind of compartmentalize whatever it is I have to do and do it and then go on to the next thing. How did you pick Peachtree as your first race back? Was it just, hey, obviously we got to do this one. It's the hometown race. <laughs> well, initially I wanted to run some track races. You know, that was kind of like best case scenario. If everything goes perfectly, if my fitness comes around, I'll be able to hop on the track and best case scenario, qualify for the Olympic trials. But like I said, no expectations. Things were not coming around super quickly. I mean, I feel fit and I feel great and I'm not injured and every day has been getting better and better, but it was not quick enough to qualify for the Olympic trials. So that, you know, has come and gone. And while I'm still gaining fitness, it's like the perfect time right now to try and test that. And speaking of the Olympic trials, we just this week watched some of your teammates yeah. uh, have incredible performances. Yeah. Katura Orji is going to go to the Olympics in the triple jump. Allie Wilson, sixth in oh the 800. God. I think last time I saw you, you were running side by side with <laughs> Allie Wilson. It, that's got to be motivating to watch oh teammates go out there and run so strong. Oh my gosh, yes. I couldn't like peel, I could not peel my eyes away from the TV. Yeah, Katura, Jared, and then Allie. I've been, yeah, super excited to watch her because her first year really as a pro since you know last year was kind of nothing but to go out and just smooth sail through the rounds like she did and I just feel like she ran so well in the finals and when my, my first workout back I ran right you know not right with Ellie I tried to hang on to Ellie and I uh, thought you were pretty close I was <laughs> I was impressed <laughs> yeah yeah it was super inspiring to to run with her on the track and just to see her attitude through the whole season and, and watch that pay off for her. So I can't wait to see her and congratulate her and, and celebrate with her. Do you think some of our Atlanta athletes had an advantage? Because, I mean, they're dealing with record heat out there. I mean, that's the one great thing about this city. It prepares you for just about everything, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, and I have read that. You know, I've read a lot of research on heat training. And not only does it prepare you for hot weather, it prepares you for cold weather, too. So she would have been good for anything. But yeah, I think she definitely had an advantage there because people are saying that it was it was humid. Um, and I don't think they know what humid means until they come to Atlanta, but mm-hmm. definitely had some advantage and handled it beautifully. I see humidity. Wait till they get here to Japan. It is, <laughs> oh, no. It is very humid. It's, it's like peach tree every day. But oh, on, on July 4th, where will Maverick be? Is he's going to see his mom race for the first time? I hope he is. They're talking about there's no spectators on Peachtree. I'm not sure if that's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, like- they're trying to limit the big crowds, but uh, yeah. obviously, you know, the sidewalks are open, but just trying to make sure people aren't in huge crowds. Yeah, um, I know there's like a friends and family section, so I'm I'm hoping they can come up and, and see, you know, at least see me at the finish line. <laughs> I'm hoping he'll he'll be able to make it. I know we have a super early start time, too, so I'm hoping he'll be awake for it. <laughs> Well, now that you have this tiny little human, uh, Bridget, I mean, I know the adjustment just to being a mom has to be huge, but what do you hope to instill in him in terms of that love of running? Is he going out on runs with you from time to time? He is. He's in his jogging stroller recently, and um, he sleeps, so I think he likes it. <laughs> um, but I, had, I mean, I hope that he sees that, you know, the value and the work, the value is the work that you put into it and the passion and, and the dream, and I hope he can... I hope he knows that it's okay to and good to dream really big 
and he just sees me doing that. So whether it's running or not, I hope he just he knows that. You ran 17, 12 at the Braves Country 5K, right? For that sounds right. Your first yeah. wow. first race back. And, and that course, if any of you haven't run Braves Country 5K, that course is no joke. It is <laughs> super hilly. You're going to have, so that's an incredible time, first race back. You're going to have a month of training under your belt again, healthy, yeah. Uh, yep. on a course that starts downhill. <laughs> What's the goal for, for Peachtree this year? I've, I haven't really like sat down and, and like put pen to paper and say, these are my goals. Because like I said, it's, it, you know, it's, it is my first test of a race back and I will be really happy just to run, you know, run and feel strong. But if I'm honest, you know, I feel good and I feel like I have, I feel fit and I want to run faster than I've ever run before. Mentally, Bridget, though, you know, you talked about not looking too far ahead with your schedule. During the race, do you also not look forward to like mile five, mile six? Are you just kind of in that moment, in that mile and attacking whatever challenge is there in that moment? Yeah, exactly. I have done that many a time where I'm like, well, if I make this move now, am I going to pay for it later? Or if I if I sit back now, what's going to happen at mile six? I've done that in marathons. I've done that in 10Ks. And it really doesn't pay off. Hmm. Um, It really just hurts you. So I have definitely learned the best way for me to run is just to yeah run that moment I'm in, run the mile that I'm in, and whatever challenges or whatever race is going on in that moment, go with it, just moment by moment. <laughs> My odd follow-up to that question is, <laughs> as, I, as you're talking about living in the moment, I'm going to ask you, what does the rest of, of 2021 look like for you? <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, my generalized plan is to... I think I'm going to do a 6K championship at the end of July and then probably some more, you know, fall or late summer road racing and then a fall marathon. Wow. Well, we're looking forward to seeing you on the starting line on July 4th, and we're all looking forward to cheering you on at Peachtree. I'll be cheering you on from afar, but I know that the rest of Running City USA will be out there cheering for you. And it's really good to have you back, Bridget, and and best of luck at Peachtree. So good to be back. Thank you. As the official bank of Atlanta Track Club, PNC Bank is committed to helping Atlantans take action today so you can reach your financial goals tomorrow. PNC Bank, National Association, member FDIC. This week on the podcast, Jay, we want to address some questions that we've had from our listeners over these last several weeks here on the podcast. I know there's so many different changes for this year's race, so we want to cover as many as possible. But of course, people can refer back to those race instructions. We keep telling people, check your email, check your email. It's very important this year, isn't it? You've got to read them because there are a lot of things that are different. And I know I sound like a broken record, but there are a lot of things that are different. And if you don't know about them going into the race, it's going to make your race day just not as fun as it could be. So check out the race instructions. Instructions, even if it's just the night before you get on that MARTA train or get in that ride chair to go to Lennox, give them a read through. Just make sure you've got everything you need to be on the start line. If you haven't gone to the expo yet, there's a great section in there about the Peachtree Health and Fitness Expo presented by Publix. So check that out this year. You just want to be prepared. One of the biggest changes, of course, is that we're stretching this race weekend over two days, July 3rd and July 4th. So one of the questions from our Peachtree podcast faithful here, Jay, they want to know, first of all, when are the elite runners running? Is it the third or the fourth? And then for people who are running on... I'm guessing it's probably the third. I mean, are you going to have them crossing the tape and breaking the tape, the winners there? And 
how does that work? Because who's ever first on the third is not necessarily first on the fourth, right? Right. There will be compiled results, but there aren't age group awards this year as there have been in the past because it is really hard to, even though it's the same course, every day is different. Weather conditions are different. The people you're running next to are different. So it's really hard to really break it down, especially in the age group awards. There will be a taped break on the third and there will be a first person across the line. What's different with the Peachtree and other race by appointment races that we've had in the last year is that the Peachtree is still seated by fastest time first. So the the fastest runners will still be in wave A. So you will still, unlike what we've had in the past where you could be running, you could have a seven minute miler next to a 10 minute miler next to a nine minute miler. Everybody's mile times or paces should be about the same in this race. So you'll have your, your July 3rd breaker of the tape, but the elite field, the US ATF 10 kilometer championship is on the fourth as per tradition. And that's when you'll see the professional runners out trying to win that U.S. championship. That invited field is all on the 4th. All right. Good to know. And uh, if you want to watch along Peachtree, again, we don't encourage big crowds at this year's race for sure, but it is okay to go out and watch along the course, isn't it? Of course. I mean, they're public sidewalks and we're certainly not going to be shutting them down. We just ask that people use common sense and don't have a big, huge party on a corner. Try to keep the gatherings if not smaller, more spread out. Uh, it's a, there's a lot of race course to cover. So maybe you stand on one corner and your friend stands about a mile away and then your other friend stands. <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be that far. But but yeah, just you know, use, use your best judgment. Let's keep it safe this year. Absolutely. Uh, question from podcast listener Chris here. I'm in an earlier wave than my other family members. Can I stand around in the meadow and wait for them, even though families are really not encouraged to gather again in the meadow this year? Can I wait for someone else in the race in the meadow? Yeah, there's still a family meeting area that will be in the meadow because this is this is not a unique situation. There are a lot of people who race together, but not together. They, okay. they show up together. They race different paces. They're in different start waves. So absolutely. You know, at the end, the Peachtree is always going to be a family event. And we want to do whatever we can to make sure that, that that stays part of the tradition, even though we have to be a little more careful this year. But there is still a family meeting area. All right. Again, if you have questions like this, go back to your race instructions. There's a lot of information there and a lot of information, too, on Atlanta Track Club's website. Whether you're digging deep or reaching new heights, Cliff Bar is the ultimate energy bar, purposely crafted with an optimal blend of protein, fat, and carbs, so you can move the world. Cliff, let's move the world. Beginning runners, veteran runners, Olympic athletes, walkers, all of these kinds of runners and walkers are familiar with Atlanta Track Club's Amy Begley. She is the coach of the in-training programs and the elite programs at the club. She's also an Olympian in the 10,000 meters. What can you do the night before the race? Well, Amy's not here with a training plan because it's too late for that. But Amy talks to us a little bit today about last minute race tips to get you mentally and physically prepared for the big day. But she is fresh off a plane from Oregon, site of the Olympic trials. Amy Begley joins us here on the Peachtree Podcast. Amy, first of all, did you ever think you'd see the day where you looked forward to Atlanta heat versus Portland heat? It was crazy. We were at least 20 degrees, almost 
25 degrees warmer in Oregon, and I've never seen that before. And I was like, wow, 85 on race day is going to feel really good. (laughs) We'll take it. But what was that like, though? I mean, you're having people who are competing for the spot of their lives on Olympic teams, and they're dealing with the heat. How did you help Atlanta Track Club elites runners prepare for that and get through it? Well, I told them at least every race we went through, and I said, well, only two of you really train in really warm weather. Everyone else is coming from somewhere cold or higher altitude, so they haven't had anywhere near the temperatures that we've had, so you're going to be at least better prepared than they are. Yeah. We went actually raced in Houston two weeks before the trials, and it was it was really bad in Houston as well. Not quite that bad, but it was bad. And I jokingly told them in Houston, at least you wouldn't have this in Eugene, and then they did. So I was like, man, this is this is probably the worst temperatures we've had. And one of the track people said, no, probably the worst they ever had was the Olympic trials in New Orleans, I think in 92. But other than that, they said they've never had heat this bad. Wow. But what's that like for you as a coach, as a former Olympian yourself, to be training these current and future Olympians, too, with Atlanta Track Club Elite? It's really it's fun to watch athletes have the goals and go after them and you know, sometimes you fall short and sometimes, you know, things happen and no matter what, it's it's a fun journey for them. And we tell them at the end of the day, as long as you, you know, try your best, you know, I'm going to be proud of you. Atlanta Track Club's going to be proud of you. And, and we have really young athletes, so they have a really long career ahead of them. We're going to be watching these names for years. Uh, can you tell us a few of the names here to watch out for in Tokyo? Because it's always kind of fun to watch these events and say, wow, they train right here on the same hills and in the same humidity that we do. Well, right now, uh, Jared Wallace made the the Paralympic Games, and he trains in Athens. And then Katura Orji, she was training here for a little while, but now she's training at the Olympic Training Center out in Chula Vista. Both of them went to UGA and trained here. Uh, Katura is doing the triple jump, and Jared is doing the sprint events. Very cool. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are familiar with Atlanta Track Club because of the races that we do as amateur runners. But a lot of people are surprised when you find out, you know, you have an elite level coach like yourself, uh, your husband there, and you're training these future Olympians. And Bridget was talking to us earlier here on the podcast about how you really help these athletes design a plan that fits them. It fits their lives, too. I mean, how do you approach coaching differently than maybe some in the racing industry? So we've been here at Atlanta Track Club for six and a half years, and we started the team, um, you know, really small with mostly athletes that were, you know, working and trying to train at the same time. And slowly we're, you know, developing athletes that are able to, you know, work less or just run full time. And so, you know, developing training plans with full time jobs and, you know, now with Bridget, you know, having, having a new baby, you really have to make recovery a big part of it. And so if the athlete you know, can't recover, then you have to take a step back and figure out how much you can do, but also fit in recovery as well in between the hard sessions. And, and with Bridget, you know, with the baby and, you know, sometimes lack of sleep and, and work, sometimes you have to change things around and, and be a little bit more flexible. And that's also what I tell my in-training participants that are training for Peachtree as well, is that you have to also fit training into your life because if training takes over, sometimes it's not fun and then you end up not doing it anymore. So it has to also fit into your life as well. 
Yeah. And for those who don't know, there is in training for Peachtree and you get high level coaching, the same kind of coaching that these elite level runners get. It's one of the really cool features there at Atlanta Track Club. If you haven't taken advantage of it over the years, uh, I think I might do it <laughs> next year, Amy, because uh, my training kind of fell apart during the pandemic. But I'm wondering, uh, in terms of what you saw this year from participants, I know you had some virtual training options as well. Are people excited to be back training for a race this size? They are because we, we really went through a full year of virtual training and I had a lot of participants tell me, you know, I didn't realize how much I loved the group runs and how much the group runs really motivated me. And, and so they said, I'll be back when, you know, in person comes back. It's like a synergy, right? You know, mm-hmm. you know, people are going to be there. You know that people are waiting on you, that people know your name and it just gets you a little bit more motivation to get out the door because that's the hardest part of the day of running is getting out the door. For sure. And uh, as Jay told us earlier, there's no way uh, as we head into race weekend here that you can help us train Fort Peachtree <laughs> at this point. It's a little bit late for that. But I'm wondering, uh, how do you break down the course for your in-training Peachtree participants? Are there certain points that maybe can trip us up or if we go out too hard at that first mile? What do you advise people to do? Because this course is very hilly. It's very different. Yeah, the first half is usually a lot faster. So I, I tell participants, Yes, you can be a little bit faster the first half, but don't get caught up in the surge at the beginning and then really, you know, suffer at the end. And the main part to really watch for is at the top of Cardiac Hill, a lot of people either start walking during it or at the end. So you really need to be careful and really watch people in front of you that they don't start walking because falling is probably worse than anything else that could happen in the Mm -hmm. race, Um, you know, other than overheating, obviously, but. If you're not prepared, I would be okay with reducing your expectations and doing a run walk, you know, running and walking so many minutes or, you know, half of each mile, whatever it is, or just joining the six mile parade down Peachtree, as I call it, you know, if walking it, you still finish and you still get that shirt. But we also train walking in our in-training programs. And so we have people out there that, you know, have been trained to do that. And I call it walking with the purpose. And we have some amazing in-training participants that will show you how to do it if you have not trained to run it. Hey, that's great to know for those uh, who might be, you know, just entering running and need to kind of ease into it gradually. This is a, a great option. And I love your advice there. We do not want to fall during the race. Can we address some racer etiquette here in terms of people darting back and forth on the course? I always see this. Maybe it'll be a little bit different this year since we're not uh, all racing on the same day, Amy. But can we talk a little bit about racing etiquette and not darting in front of other runners and really kind of being aware of those around you too in a race like this. Yeah, the thing that I tell the participants is we also train those that run walk. So they have a very specific interval and they actually have, you know, pedometers or, or beepers that tell them when to run and walk. And when people are going to actually stop and walk, they raise their hand to indicate that they're slowing down. And so if you are running and you see someone raise their hand in front of you, that means that they're going to slow down and start walking in this next interval. And usually they stay to one of the sides of the road. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, So if you're not accustomed to run-walk intervals, and if you are going to do that for the first time, please know that you should probably be on either side of the road and raise your hand before you start your next walk interval. And those that are you know, darting in between, it's really, um, you need to... <laughs> have spatial awareness, especially with COVID. I hope people are maybe a little bit more aware of spatial awareness, but you know, it is really dangerous for you and and other people and try to pick a, you know, one path down the, down the center. You know, you won't add a lot of distance if you just pick one 
path and not right? you know go back and forth on each side. You add more distance when you do that. Yeah. If you are wearing a garment or something like that, take a look at the end of the race. You do much more than 6.2 miles. And uh, that's something you also advise your in-training Peachtree participants as well on. There's uh, the walk from MARTA, the walk after the race. You really have to kind of overtrain it just a little bit because you're going to put in a lot of miles on Peachtree Day. Uh, probably the minimum you'll put in is, is roughly eight miles unless you have someone that's willing to you know, come as close as they can. But typically we have our in-training participants go at least eight miles just to get used to being on your feet for that long. Mm-hmm. And for those people that have been in the AC um, for most of the summer so far, I would really recommend start being outside at least an hour a day from now until the race just to start getting, you know, used to it a little bit so that it's not only been in AC for the last couple of weeks. Yes, it does take some uh, getting used to the heat. Now, as of right now, as of this taping, Amy, the, the weather actually looks pretty good for uh, July 4th weekend for both days. And uh, we hope the rain holds off. I know it's been kind of back and forth whether it would rain this weekend or not. But hydration is important. I know we've talked about uh, change in the hydration stations and how far they're spread out. Uh, would you recommend taking advantage of those water bottles at every single stop this year? I would, especially if you are not bringing your own hydration. This year, they've relaxed it a little bit, and you can bring a lot more personal hydration with, you know, handhelds and over-the-shoulder hydration units. So we're really encouraging people to bring their own, but then also, you know, taking advantage of the hydration on the course. If you did not bring enough of your own, let's see. All right. Well, Amy, I would assume like other Atlanta Track Club staff members, you were busy on race day, and you don't get to run this race yourself. Am I right on that? Correct. We were all very excited last year when we could do the virtual race and actually get the t-shirt. But as staff, we were working both days and and you have to finish the race in order to get the shirt. So that's uh, that's not what we do. (laughs) No shirt for you this year. Sorry. But (laughs) but you're very familiar with this course. What's your favorite spot on this Peachtree course? Hmm. You know, most people will tell you going up cardiac by the Shepherd Center, it's really a, an exciting place to be. You know, they're excited to cheer you on. And, and most of the time, you're starting to get a little bit tired. And the cheers from them and everybody else going up the hills is really motivating. Yeah. And uh, I, I always say that's probably my favorite part. Absolutely. Any advice for tackling those hills? I was having a conversation with a runner friend just this week. And we were, you know, just amazed at like how the elite runners they never break pace on those hills, or at least it doesn't seem like it. They seem to fly really fast. For those of us who might be feel like we're just kind of trudging up those hills, though, any advice for tackling that? You know, it's it's really just kind of getting used to it and running hills before so that you get used to, you know, maintaining form and knowing what kind of effort to put into it. I tell people, you know, don't attack the hill from the bottom. You know, go into it with kind of an even effort and try to, you know, increase the effort at the top instead of slowing down if you can but a lot of it is just practicing it before you get there so that your body is is used to it a little bit more by the time you you start petrie but if you haven't yet that's fine just you know keep your head up and don't look down because if you look down you're probably going to end up running into somebody else that's slowing down in front of you yeah so again you know let's decrease the the fall risk here throughout the entire race 
Yes. Stay on your feet. We want to see you at the finish line for sure. And if you haven't done the hill work or you feel like maybe this is actually going really well for you right now, you're trained, you're ready for Peachtree, and you're going to be riding that runner's high after this race weekend. Amy, we do want to mention, you know, there's the triple peach. You can go ahead and start training for your next distance, the 10 miler, and then the Thanksgiving half or full. And that's the really cool thing about Atlanta Track Club. You encourage running all year long. Are there training programs for for those kinds of races as well? We do. We actually have the fall marathon and the in-training for Thanksgiving Day half marathon registration up. And we also have a beginner 5K. So if you get done with this and you think, you know, I want to do Thanksgiving 5K, but I actually want to train for it. We also have that program too. (laughs) Awesome. So we're looking forward to continuing that running tradition even after this Peachtree weekend. But Amy, I know it's a busy week for you. It's been a busy couple of weeks. We so appreciate you joining us here on the Peachtree Podcast. I appreciate it, and I look forward to seeing everybody in a few days. Support for Atlanta Track Club comes from Northside Hospital Atlanta, whose 25,000 employees honor their fellow healers, helpers, and heroes throughout Georgia. The state's family of healthcare professionals serves all Georgians with compassion, skill, and pride. Well, he may be one of the most busy people in Atlanta right now. Rich Kanawha is the executive director of Atlanta Track Club and the race director of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution Peachtree Road Race. But he did have a chance to give Jennifer some last-minute answers to your race weekend questions. So, Rich, a question from some of the Peachtree Podcast faithful out there. First of all, since this year's race is split up over two days, we've been talking about that a lot here on the podcast Will this still be considered the world's largest 10K or are we going to have to give up that title for this year? Mm -hmm. So we have intentionally not leaned into that moniker of the world's largest 10K. We have focused on executing the world's safest 10K. So if I had my choice, I would much rather be known in 2021 as the world's safest 10K. And we'll have to wait until the end of the year to see how the rest of the industry shakes out. But I would not be surprised if we still end up the year uh, as the largest, if not one of the largest. And I kind of like the title, World's Safest 10K in a year like this. Well, we'll take that too, right? Yes, we will. I had a question from a peach tree streaker. You know, a lot of us have our own peach tree streaks going. So that's important to a lot of runners. But one asked me here, did last year really count in the peach tree tradition? Is this the 51st running of the AJC Peachtree Road Race or is it the 52nd? We are proudly calling this the 52nd running of the Peachtree. So we went through all that we did last year in building the virtual option in the 51st running so that the streakers can continue that longstanding traditional approach to the Peachtree. So count this as 52. That is great news for those of us who are on a Peachtree streak of our own. So, And the tradition continues this year. We've been talking about all the different changes these last few weeks, Rich, but are you getting questions about some of these changes more than most? What are the most common questions you're getting right now from runners? Uh, the two most common questions that, that I get are, are on masks, on, hey, do we really need to wear masks? And again, the answer is No, you do not need to wear a mask while you are running or walking the actual race. But we're asking everyone to make sure you bring that mask for before the race and for after the race. That's one. And then two, are you really requiring vaccine or vaccination? And the answer is absolutely not. We are not discriminating against anyone who has, by their own choice, decided not to get the vaccine. So whether you are vaccinated or not, you are welcome at the Peachtree, but just know 
that your reality, your approach on race day is going to be a little bit different just based on our screening process for those who are unvaccinated. All right. Great to know. And again, if you have any of those questions, too, there's a full list on Atlanta Track Club's website. You can see more of the policies, procedures there if you're making some of those last minute plans for this race weekend. But final question for you, Rich, this week. Are you going to get any sleep this weekend? So on a normal peach tree, I get no sleep the night before. Uh, I have never attempted two nights of no sleep. And I'm not sure that that is a healthy approach. So so I think the answer is going to be, I, w- I will definitely lose sleep this weekend, but hope to get a few Zs at some point. I hope you do. And uh, we all appreciate the work that you've done, your staff has done, all the volunteers have done to make this year's AJC Peachtree Road Race the full weekend a success. Thanks so much for joining us again here on the Peachtree Podcast. Thanks again for having me. It's almost time, Jay. Cannot wait to get out there with our fellow runners this week. And for you virtual runners, for people like you who are running elsewhere too, I'm just excited for all of us to experience this July 4th tradition together, even if it's on July 3rd. But uh, one more question from one of our Peachtree Podcast listeners. Is Marta service kind of the same as what we're typically used to on a race weekend for both days? Yeah, it will start early, but you don't have to be there as early this year. Make sure you look at your participant instructions and see what time you're supposed to get there according to the wave you're running in. We have set times for each wave, so you don't have to worry about getting on the train. Most people don't have to worry about getting on the train at 4 a.m., but Marta will be running earlier and have increased service this weekend. We want you to get there, get there safely, and again, you don't have to get there as early. There's a, a big perk for a lot of us running this year's That's race. Right. <laughs> but uh, speaking of, of time here, Jay, what time are you going to run your race over in Tokyo? I haven't decided yet. It's been a tough week to run this week. Uh, it's been really humid here. Of course, I'm ta- saying this to a number of people who are in Atlanta. So they're like, so what? It's been really humid here and really busy as we start to get into the venue and into Olympic Stadium and, and start doing setup there. But I'm thinking I'm going to run it on Saturday here, which is Sunday there. So it will be the fourth. I'll be running really on the third in Atlanta, but the fourth in Tokyo. So I'm okay. thinking Saturday morning would be Saturday night here. So I've got to figure that out. Possibly, <laughs> I don't know yet. <laughs> I'm going to, sometime this week, I'm going to run it in the footprint of the weekend, but I, I'm in this stage where I'm not really thinking more than 24 hours ahead. So it's a great question. It's going to be a game time decision. Uh, have you had a chance to do much running? I've done a couple of runs. It's I took three weeks off because of traveling and then quarantine. And that's the longest I think I've ever taken off from running without an injury. Uh, and coming back, you know, uh, the last time I took that long off, I, I wasn't almost 40. Uh, and, <laughs> and this time coming back wasn't quite as easy. I have run every day this week, except for today. We're recording on we're recording on Tuesday. I've run, I've run six days in a row. I took today off. Okay. Um, but I have gotten some runs and I've gotten to explore. I'm right in the heart of the city. Uh, so it's a lot of urban running, but there is a, a nice 5k loop about a mile away that I can go run around the Imperial Palace here in Tokyo. And it's flat, um, which is not what I'm used to. Uh, it's really a very scenic route. So I've run that a couple of times. I think I'm going to run it again tomorrow morning. As we may have mentioned, it's, I don't know if you've mentioned this, but it's 930 at night here. It's 830 in the morning where you are, Jennifer, but I'm going to, I've got my running clothes laid out so I can make sure that when the alarm goes off tomorrow morning, I'll, I'll get up and go. 
Awesome. And uh, I am so excited that the Olympic Games are falling right after the peach tree. Sometimes there's this peach tree letdown. I have to admit it, Jay, because it is during the summer months and sometimes there's this letdown after the race. You've trained for it. But here's the cool thing. At Atlanta Track Club, during the Olympics, actually, you have another race coming up at the end of July. This is kind of a special one on the calendar, isn't it? Yeah, it's only going to happen every four years. It's July 24th, the Road to Gold Four Miler. It's on the course part of the course that the Olympic trials ran on back in February of 2020. And it coincides with the opening ceremonies, which will have been the night before. But uh, it really is a great way to celebrate the beginning of the greatest sporting event in the world. So make sure you sign up at LanaTrackClub.org. It's a four miler, so it's a unique distance. It's an awesome downtown course. If you did it with us in 2019, you know how great of a vibe it is. And we're only going to do it on Olympic years. So nice. if you miss this one, you don't have another chance until Paris. So <laughs> Paris 2024. So you got to get in for this year. It's a great way to channel some of that Olympic energy into your own running and keep up your fitness after this year's Atlanta Journal-Constitution Peachtree Road Race. But Jay, we want to wish all of our runners a safe, happy, healthy 4th of July weekend. And uh, we look forward to seeing everyone out there on the course this weekend. Have a great time. I'll miss seeing you all, but I'll be cheering for you from here in Tokyo and really just excited to be a part of it again. Well, enjoy your race and we'll see you here next year on the Peachtree Podcast. You've been listening to the Peachtree Podcast, the official podcast of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Thanks to this week's sponsors. For more information, visit atlantatrackclub.org. Like us on Facebook or follow us on Instagram and Twitter at ATL Track Club. A DYJ Media Production.